I think one of the biggest mistakes that people make is when horrible things happen to people who seem to be beyond those things as far as talent, intellect, anointing, popularity. I think that when people see, again, bad things happen to this echelon of people and they keep going, <clears throat> I think on some end, the world that's observing them believes they should not have survived. But I'm reminded of what I actually heard Kirk Franklin say on an episode of The Breakfast Club. He says, sometimes you have to win wounded. Welcome to the Fill the Well podcast. I am your host, Apostle Jennifer P. Harris, based out of St. Louis, Missouri. I thank you for spending time with me as we go through God's word, as we are reminded that new wine cannot go in old wineskins and that we remember that sometimes along this journey through this thing called faith, we need to stop and be replenished. And God's word again is the best fountain to be filled by. So I welcome you with the love of Jesus Christ through the grace of our Father as we begin this week once more and again to fill our wells. To certain people, Kirk Franklin is a controversial figure. And then again, if we're honest, every father in the faith and even some mothers in the faith, I'm speaking about the text now, the text is on some level controversial. So when I actually heard Kurt Franklin in a not even five minute soundbite from the Breakfast Club, about having to win wounded, I listened to that in a loop for like 10 minutes. I listened to it for about 10 minutes and then Kirk goes on to say that sometimes what God allows in our lives feels so wrong, right? It feels so unfair, but yet we have to win wounded. And that struck me, that struck me on a level of being what um, a mentor in the faith, Apostle Lois Bale told our congregation years ago, that being a ground zero um, pastor or, <clears throat> or builder or ministry, ground zero means that nobody has given you anything, nobody has tried to give you anything, and you are building just off the vision that God has given you. Which, on, which, if we're honest, can be hard. It, it, can be, it can be hard. But yet, at the same time, you have to go forth. You have to go forth with the betrayals, with the backstabbing, with the gossiping, with the, room, with the rumors. You have to go forward anyway. It's not that it doesn't hurt. It's not that you didn't feel it. But you have to go forward anyway. And, and I've said this before 
and I don't believe I've ever said it on this particular platform, but it needs to be said. Sometimes the hardest thing or even the most disrespectful thing that God can ask you to do is go forward wounded. Go forward not having everything like you want it. And even on some level, that's privilege, right? And a minor inconvenience, if you will. But sometimes the hardest thing that he will demand that we do is go forward wounded. Go forward in ministry with the divorce, with this, with the scandal, with people talking about you, with people walking away, with, with people who knew the deepest things about you, removing themselves from, from your life with no explanation. He expects you to go forward. And my standing scripture for this particular season is actually comes from Jeremiah 12 and 5. And in the King James, it says, it, again, paraphrase, but again, the scripture, the text is Jeremiah, the 12th chapter and the fifth verse. This is God rebuking Jeremiah. He says, if, again, paraphrasing, if you run with the footmen and they weary you, how will you contend with the horses? If you run with the footmen and they weary you, how will you contend with the horses? And every time I read that, until God gives me other revelation, what I keep hearing and seeing is, if you can't fight on this level, where else can you go? If you can't, if you can't handle this, what makes you think you can handle anything else? Because I know people are, fran are fans of, you know, Bridgerton now, right? this very uh, Renaissance enlightened, enlightenment age, Victorian drama that's on Netflix. So the footman is, so, is, a, is a person who, who just is in charge of the carriage. He does low, he does, catch this now, he does low level stuff. You know, he makes sure the horses are hooked up to the carriage. He makes sure that the carriage is outside, just very low level things. He's a servant. And there's nothing wrong with serving as a footman if you want to be a footman. That's fine. If God has commissioned you in this season to be a footman, wonderful. Every, every, everybody is a servant. And as the Lord allowed me to expound next last week, that the highest call you will ever have in the kingdom is a servant. So let us get used to that title. But, all, but also the turn in scripture says... If you, if again, reading the text, and I've read this in the King James as well as the message, he says, again, paraphrasing, if you run with the footmen, you know, if you, if you, if you run with, if you run with the footmen and they weary you, how will you contend with the horses? Now, we, here we go again, right? <clears throat> with me being a, with me being a writer, I watch for words like that. So contend, so contend means that there's something, there's something else harder in front of me that's going to demand more of my attention. There's something else that I have to handle or deal with, <clears throat> or <clears throat> excuse me, or have to have a set of particular skills or experiences to handle. And sometimes you only get those skills, you only get those experiences through being wounded. 
the psalmist says that it was good for me that I was afflicted, that I may know of your statutes. Now we, now we love to quote that when everything is well. You know, we, we, can jump, we can do the jump shout remix about that. It was good for me that I was afflicted, that I may know of your statutes. We can recite that when nothing is going on. It's a whole other thing to, to quote that, to live that, to experience that, and have to go forward anyway. People, I think a lot of times people romanticize the life of David for all of his anointing. David had his own set of issues and problems, just like, just like everybody else after him. We see that David consistently was trying, if we, if we look at, if we look at his life, again, even using the backdrop and vantage point of scripture, we see that he was consistently trying to prove himself. Consistently. And in that, and in that proving, we see that God used him. We also see that when life got really hard for him, I mean, really hard for him, he fell back on his, on his relationship with God. That was, that was his anchor. That was his, that was his anchor. God was his, God was his pillar and remained to be his pillar. And because of that, he was able to be what we would call, right? A father in the faith. And for that cause, are we aware of just how, of just how dynamic his life was? But this idea of having to win wounded, I couldn't shake. I couldn't shake the, I could not shake the idea or image of having, of having to, of having to continue on my journey toward this God-given and God-ordained destination regardless of what happens to me. Now, again, not that we romanticize trauma, because I think sometimes us in the body of Christ, we do that. But being cognizant that sometimes, as the poet Langston Hughes said, life ain't been, life for me ain't been no crystal stair. That we have to take the blinders off, as it were, when it relates to people, when they go, when they go through something. And sometimes the most audacious, the most bold thing you can do for someone is support them while they're going through. Even if that means that instead of saying something trite, like I'm praying for you, if you're really not going to pray, but understanding that as they walk through it, there are, there are wounds with that. As God is sustaining them, there's still things that they have, that they have to walk out. There are wounds that they didn't inflict on themselves that they have to go through, that they have to go through, manage and handle. They must. And that could be from childhood trauma, again, failed relationships, uh, 
financial concerns, anxiety and, anxiety and depression. It could be all of that. And I really believe that this uptick we keep seeing in anxiety and depression, especially in young people, is because they are they are seeing that or being or being shown on social media that nothing in the, nothing in this life is real or necessary. And I think that when you take when you take away the, when you take away someone's hope, when you take away their ability to believe in something, when you tell them that it is stupid to believe in something outside of yourself, then you set yourself up for anxiety and depression. And again, that's not me making light of it. I understand that people of people, including saved people, much like myself, deal with anxiety and depression. So I, for one, will continually say you can pray and have a therapist and you should, in fact, have both. You should, in fact, have both. And even in that, understand that you still have to keep going. Sometimes, again, you have you have to win wounded. And here's Bible for you. Scripture says that I believe it's in Roman it's in Romans eight eighteen that what we're that the that what we're dealing with now is not to be compared for the joy that is coming. We know that all have fallen all have fallen short of the glory of God. We know that. We know that. So it makes no sense for us to beat up on one another in regards to that saying, you know, again, saying my wounds are better than yours because I've been healed longer. No, everyone has been healed or delivered from something. And some of us are yet and still working those things out. God is working those things out in us. And yet God expects us to keep going because our focus should be on him. He will sustain as we go. But what we like to do as people, as human beings is, we want to sustain as much as we can control. We want to manage as much as we can control. As long as we can control it, hey, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Let's do that. But one of the secrets of, again, winning wounded is trusting God even when it's hard. Even when you don't understand, even when you're scared, God never said that you can't be scared. God never said you can't be angry. The text says, scripture says that the spirit of fear, it does not come from God. He says that you can be angry and sin not. The key to that, the undergirding of that is you have to have a relationship with God to the point intimacy cultivated enough with God that when you are scared, when you are mad, when you don't understand, you can go to him and say, Lord, I'm scared. Lord, I don't like it. I think a lot of times Christians believe that we can't come to God and vent. That we can come to God and just talk to him and say, you know, Lord, you see, you see how they doing me. You see, I'm hurting. Lord, I don't know. And when we deprive people of that outlet of seeing God as a parent. We keep him at a dictator level. We keep him as this remote authoritarian figure who does not care. 
that we're just a bunch of abandoned kids out here in the universe with no with no one who loves us, which is the lie, which is the lie, a lie from the deepest part of hell. But sometimes you have to keep going, even when you're hurt, even when you're bleeding, even when you even with it, even when you do not understand how it got to the point that it has. Because God is going to get something out of it. He is going to get glory out of it. Even in the midst of abject, complete crazy, God will still get glory out of it. He must get glory out of it. Why? He watches over his word to perform it. And since you have accepted his word, since you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, his word literally lives in you. He watches over his word to perform it. And so since he is going to perform it and he cares for the sparrows, what, what more does he care for you? It's not that the wounds will not come. It's not that the insults will not come. It's not that the inevitable talking about will not, will not come. It is what you choose to feed and listen to. Will you worship your wounds? Or worship the one. And as time remains, I'm also, I'm often reminded of emergency rooms, right? Emergency rooms. Everything and everybody comes through an emergency room when, they, when they're hurt, insured, uninsured, bleeding, shot. Everybody comes through an emergency room. So ER physicians and nurses and those, and those uh, healthcare professionals they have to have a certain level of stamina, if I can use that word, and discernment and assessment skills to even deal with what they see. Now watch this. So when you come through an ED, emergency department, when you come through an ED and ER, the expectation is that they can handle whatever is in front of them. They'll triage you. They'll, they'll ask you what's wrong. They'll see what's wrong and get you and get you to the right person who can help you. They'll give you your list of medications, give you your, get, you know, so, so up, so up what is, so up what is cut, bandage you up, get you into surgery. They will do all they can to preserve your life. Now, what am I saying? I'm saying that. For us as Christians to win wounded, go to the ED, go to the ER. Your father is the great physician. There is nothing you can present to him that he cannot cure, that he will not heal or will not help you to manage until healing comes. But you have to be willing to say that you need help. I'm often reminded of the 10 lepers who uh, Christ healed and only one, only one came back and said, thank you. But the rest were healed as they went. Sometimes, beloved, the healing is not instantaneous. Sometimes you have to be healed as you go. But watch this. The blessing in, the blessing in that story is even if they didn't come back and say thank you, they knew who did it. 
and they got healed anyway. They got healed anyway. But they had to go. So do you. So do I. So do us. God bless you. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I would like to give you that invitation now. You can do it wherever you are, no matter what time of day. God is always listening and always anxious to hear from his children. Repeat this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my life and make me new. I believe that you came, you died, and you rose and are coming again. I accept you as Lord of my life. Teach me how to follow you, listen to you, and love you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that simple prayer, I believe you got born again and welcome to the family of Christ. Get into a good Bible-based church. Find a version of the Bible by which you are most comfortable reading and begin with the book of John or the book of Luke as they are the easiest, they are the most easiest to read. I look forward to seeing you this time again. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to Fill the Well podcast this week. I hope that you were encouraged. I hope that you were strengthened. I hope that you are reminded that God is still able and able to do all things. I look forward to speaking to you all next week. If you would be so inclined to sow a seed into this ministry, you may do so via PayPal. The PayPal is Apostle J. B. Harris at gmail.com. Again, that is A P O S T L E J as in Jack, B as in boy, H as in hot, A R R I S at gmail.com. Until next week, may your prayers be fruitful. May God ever smile on you and may your well stay full.